I want to welcome everybody. So glad you're here to celebrate the most important event in history, the birth of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I just also, before I get into my message, I just want to invite you all to January 29th. It's a little over a month away. January 29th, uh, we're going to have a celebration. I've been actually pastoring. It'll just be a little short of 29 years, uh, this church. And, uh, and so I'm not going to be retiring, but I'm going to be stepping aside. My son is going to become the head pastor. We're going to celebrate on the 29th. Now, the 29th is a great day to do it because it's after the playoffs and before the Super Bowl. <laughs> the only thing happening on the 29th is the Pro Bowl, and nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. So, so I want to encourage you, uh, you know, come to the 9 or 11, but after that, we're going to have a celebration, and I'm excited, so look forward to seeing you at that time. Uh, just want to jump into the message today and, you know, um, the light of the world. You know, the truth is that 2,000 years ago, probably one of the darkest times in is Israel's history, I mean, to be honest with you, it was so bleak and dark. Economically, things were horrendous. The taxation burden upon the people was unbelievable. Not only that, just socially, things were really dysfunctional. And politically, there was tremendous oppression. And here's the saddest part. There had been no revelation for over 400 years. The last prophet to really bring revelation was Malachi. Now, I got to tell you, when I first got saved, I was in my 20s. But when I first got saved, I'm part Italian. So I was really excited when I looked in the Bible. And, I, you know, I didn't grow up Christian. So, I, you know, I looked in the Bible and I thought, Malachi, man, there's an Italian guy that made the Bible. And then... They go, no, 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 it's Malachi. I was really bummed. But anyway, uh, but he was the last one to bring revelation. And so in the midst of all this darkness, an amazing thing happened. In the town of Bethlehem, this little unknown town, literally Jesus Christ was born in that little town. I mean, he wasn't just a baby, this, any baby. He was the son of God. He was God. He was with God in the very beginning. And yet he came all the way down to us he descended here and was fully human and fully God, but he, he struggled and they had to change his diapers. And I mean, all those things were real and he went through it. He was born in all places, a stable. And when you think about that, it's amazing. And yet he would change the world. He would change our lives. And here's the amazing thing. Heaven literally invaded earth through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting when you when you really understand, Jesus told his disciples and also told the people uh, in actually in John 8, 12, he told them, he said, I'm the light of the world. In fact, here's what he said. He said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And when you think about that, it's a matter of following Jesus, following him. And you know, some people, they'll bring Jesus into their life and try to use him to manipulate, to get stuff. Kind of reminds me of this little guy. Uh, his name was, was Sammy, and he came to his mom. It was right before Christmas. He says, Mom, I really need a bike for Christmas. Would you give me a bike for Christmas? And she said, Sammy, why don't you sit down and write Santa Claus a letter and ask Santa Claus? So he started to do that, and then he goes, he came to his mom. He goes, Mom, I was just in the nativity play at school. I played an important role. He said, I'd rather write it to Jesus. She goes, that's fine, honey. You may write it to Jesus. So he sat down and he started out. He goes, Santa, or he goes, Jesus, I've been a really good kid. 
could you give me a bike for Christmas? Then he looked about it. He thought, well, that's not really totally true. So he kind of crumpled that up. Then he said, Santa, I've tried to be really good. And, you know, would you please give me a bike for Christmas? <clears throat> then he looked at that and he thought, no, that's not good. So he crumpled that up. And then he wrote, Santa, if you give me a bike for Christmas, I'll be really good next year. <laughs> but then he looked at that and he thought, still, that's not good enough. So he decided to go for a walk. Maybe he'd get some inspiration. So he went on a walk, went down the street, and he went by this little nativity scene in front of this home. And he had an idea. And he ran and he grabbed the plastic statue of the Virgin Mary and ran home and stuffed it under his bed. Then he wrote, he wrote Jesus this letter. He said, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you need to give me a, you need to give me a bike for Christmas. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is God wants us, he's called Jesus into our lives so we can follow him. And how do you follow him? How do you become a light to the world? Jesus was a light, but he told us to be a light. How do you become a light? Number one, you got to receive Jesus. You got to receive the light. You can't just do the light on your own. You've got to have Jesus Christ in your life. When he comes in and you, when you surrender your life and you say, okay, Jesus, I've messed up and I need your help and forgive me of my sins and my mess ups. He does. He comes into our life and he begins to change us from the inside. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit begins to literally bring light. Also, his love is poured into our heart. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so things begin to change from the inside out. You know, it's amazing how when that happens, uh, things begin to illuminate. You begin to see your way. I don't know if you've ever tried to find your way in total darkness. It's really, really hard. And you know, <clears throat> there's actually a, a disorder. It's called SAD, SAD. It's called seasonal affective disorder. You know what that is? That's when you don't get enough light in your life. People in Alaska in the winter, where the sun only comes out about 11, it comes, comes up about 11 a.m. and then by 1 p.m. it's down already. So people have very little light. I, I, I know a guy, I knew a guy well from Alaska, and he told me when he worked in Alaska during the winter, he would have this little machine that would put out light because otherwise he'd get really depressed. And so we all need light, just literally need light, but we really need the light of Jesus Christ. Because when he comes into our life, it begins to illuminate. It begins to change things. It begins to help us to see things the way they really are. There's a lot of things that try to stop us from having light, but let me, let me read the words to Jesus that, that Jesus spoke. And, you know, the truth is actions always speak louder than words. And so it's easy to talk the talk, but sometimes it's hard to walk the walk, if you know what I'm saying. And here's what, I want to read this from the message, <clears throat> because the message kind of puts it in colloquial language of today. And this is what, this is the sermon, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is when, and considered the, the, the greatest sermon ever. Jesus said this. <clears throat> he said, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, it makes you, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. 
You know, it was interesting. Uh, I had the, Yvonne and I had the fortune of being able to go to Mexico uh, a week ago, Tuesday, and then we got back this Tuesday. We missed all that really cold weather that you guys had. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, my heart goes out to you. But anyway, we were glad to be gone. Uh, we heard how cold it was here, and we were in Mexico. And so on the way down, uh, I just happened to sit across from a guy, and I started talking with him, and uh, he started cheering me about his, his lifestyle. He's about my age, and just the, the things he was doing, and uh, and. <laughs> You know, it's funny. And then he, he asked what I did, and I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, well, you need to convert me. <laughs> because I said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not here to convert you. I said, I can't convert you. I'll tell you what, though. I said, if you'll open your life to Jesus, it's amazing what Jesus can do with your life. And so we talked. He's a great guy. We're going to be getting together again. And so on the way back, he came back on the same flight. We saw it across the aisle from each other. We got to talk again. He goes, you know, to be honest with you, the lifestyle I've been leading uh, for the first, you know, last several months, it just hasn't been fulfilling. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and I know he wanted to say, well, here's the reason why. And I said, well, let me just tell you this. I'll tell you what, if you give Jesus a chance, he's the one that will bring fulfillment into your life. And, uh, and so anyway, we had a, we had a great time and, and, and lots of times you don't know just when you're getting to talk to somebody, when you're maybe at work, when you're, you know, in the grocery store, when you're on, on an airplane, wherever you are, you just never know the opportunities you have. And so I, I had an opportunity. We're looking forward to get together again. And, uh, it, it was really, it was just a great time. And we, I got to share, you know, a little bit of my testimony and, and, uh, I just want to say that you never know how many opportunities you have to be light, but uh, Jesus really makes it clear here that we've got to let our light shine. What's that mean? Well, it means you need to be yourself. And you need to be led by not only the Holy Spirit and his love, but you need to really be who you are, not try to pretend you're something else. You know what puts a bucket over your life? Worry, like worry about all kinds of things going on in your life. And there are dark times. We go through difficult times in our life. That's just part of living on, on a fallen planet, you know? When we get to heaven, everything's going to be fine. But on... In this world, you're going to struggle. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation and trials. It's just the way it is. But cheer up, I've overcome the world. So here's the deal. you got to realize that the things that try to put that bucket over your, over your light and keep it from shining or, you know, worry, fear, fear of the future, worrying about what people think, you know, just being over-concerned about self, being consumed with self, trying to satiate the self. And I want you to know that, God has really called us to be really generous, you know, with ourself, with our substance, with our time, with everything we are. And sometimes that means just being, your, just being yourself, just being who you are and not trying to blow smoke or pretend you're something that you're not. And, uh, you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, we were really blessed. We had a wonderful time in Cabo. It was 80 degrees. We were in Cabo San Lucas, and it was 80 degrees every day. Uh, the water was you know, right there, the, the ocean was right there. Uh, we had infinity pools. We stayed at a place with great food, and we were very blessed. Somebody gave us this trip, very generous of them. Uh, we just had an incredible time. We also met with a couple from this church that have a ministry to the barrio section of Cabo San Lucas. I didn't even, I'd never been there. I'd been to Cabo a few times. I'd never been in the barrio. That's the really, really poor section. People live in cardboard shacks, wooden shacks. I mean, there's all kinds of stray dogs and Hungry children. I mean, it, it's really, a, it, it's really, it, it's pretty heavy. And anyway, we had dinner with them, and they invited us to come to their the, the 
the, we, the feeding they do, they, they feed these children, they, they do it uh, every year at Christmas time. In fact, they do it more than that. But, and so, so we went, and I'll just show you a picture. Uh, we got to go, and we got to feed over 250 kids. You'll see, this is just a segment here where you'll see some of the kids and some of the parents and the grandparents, and, and uh, here's some kids. <laughs> we gave them, here's what we did, and, and we helped to fill their plates, but we put turkey and ham, mashed potatoes, and, uh, you know, and it's really funny. The turkey really went fast. The ham didn't go that fast, and I, I can relate to that because when my mom would have ham for Christmas, my brothers and I would all scream because we didn't like ham, but we loved turkey. Anyway, so I can relate to these guys, but uh, that's not why I put the picture up. But anyway, I just wanted to show you that uh, now... One of the highlights, though, was uh, we got to, you know, talk to the kids, minister to them, feed them. But, but one of the highlights was we got to be part of the Christmas pageant that was their entertainment. And uh, so <laughs> you can see I was one of the wise men. <laughs> and Yvonne was an angel. <laughs> you know, she was a little more typecast than I was. Anyway, uh, but, uh, but we, had, we had a tremendous time there. And, uh, and so, but here's what I want to say. We had an incredible time there, but one of the highlights was being able to go into the barrio and go into this area, which, I mean, there's filthy, there's like putrid water uh, on the ground. And I mean, it was just, uh, there was dog poop everywhere. Sorry to give you the description. But anyway, uh, but these kids were so cool. I mean, they were just beautiful kids. Just really, I mean, it was just great to have this opportunity. And that's what I want to say is we didn't expect that to happen. We were just going on vacation. We were going to get together with this couple from our church that had the ministry. We didn't expect to, be, to go do that. I'm so glad we did. You know, it's in those opportunities that just arise. We hadn't planned on it. We just got to do it. And it was really, really fulfilling. So I just want to say to you that it is so, so important to allow yourself, allow that light to shine, allow yourself to be generous, allow yourself to, to just be who you are. You know, you never know. You're something, but with somebody in, in the supermarket, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody in your neighborhood who just went through a tragedy, you, you kind of reach out to them and you, and you just, without realizing it. I believe lots of times we don't realize our light is shining when it really is, when we care, when we love, you know, when we take the time, when we take the time to listen. There was an elderly man, and his wife had passed away a couple of years ago. He was all alone. He went up into his attic, and he was in his attic, and he was going through some just memorabilia, you know, and he found, he found this journal of his son, Jimmy, who is now, who at the time when he wrote the journal was seven years old. And so anyway, what he did was he found the same journal he had written that same year, the same year, and he opened to June 15th. And in his journal, in June 15th, it said, went fishing today with Jimmy. Spent the whole day, didn't catch anything, was a total waste. Then he opened Jimmy's diary and it said this, or his journal. Jimmy's diary said, went fishing with my dad all day. We didn't catch anything, but it was the greatest day of my life. You know what? There's lots of times we don't realize, we don't have the perspective, the right perspective. Sometimes we just miss it. But I want you to know, just giving your time to your family, to friends, to those who just may come across your path, it's amazing how that light can shine when you don't even realize it. You know, the truth was that Jesus told this story or right before he said, I'm the light of the world, where he told everybody he was the light of the world, there's a story there. And it's funny, I pulled this out of context, and then I went back and read the story right before it. 
The story right before it is the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. It's really interesting. The scribes and the Pharisees brought this woman caught in adultery. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees were the real religious people, judgmental, uptight. And they brought this woman to Jesus, and they thought, we got you now, Jesus. And they said, Moses' law says that she should be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? They thought they caught him. Jesus knelt down. He wrote in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. But whatever it was, it convicted them. Then he said, you who are without sin, you cast the first stone toward this woman. Well, they began to drop their stones, pull back, pull away. And then he knelt down and said to the woman, where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. Then he said words that ring out through history, that light shattered the darkness when he said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. The love of Jesus Christ changed a woman's life, probably in shame, probably in guilt, probably in embarrassment, probably thinking she's going to die. But Jesus shattered the darkness with those words and that heart of love. I want you to know, folks, we have opportunities to shatter the darkness every day. Sometimes we're aware of it. Sometimes we're not. I want to pray for you. So if you'll just bow your heads. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know if by... You know, if I died tonight, would I make it to heaven? I don't know. I just want to tell you, Jesus gave his life for you. He gave his life for you so you could spend eternity with him in in heaven. You see, the truth is that he wants to come into your life. That's the beginning of being able to follow him. As he comes into your life, he builds a relationship with, with you. And then he's with you. He brings light into your life. He brings love into your life. And he directs your path. He helps you. And even if you slip off the path, he's there to help you back on again. And so if you've never done that, I just want you to just silently cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you so much. Come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be, Lord. Maybe some of you say, well, you know, to be honest with you, my light seemed to have dimmed. I don't know if there's a bucket over it or a basket over it or whatever's over it, but I want that to go. I want you to all just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Thank you that you're the light of the world. Now I ask you to cause my light to shine brighter and your love to flow through me to touch others, to make this world a brighter place. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know what? We didn't used to do any kind of an offering on Christmas Eve, but several years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you know what, there's some people that really want to give. So what we've done is over the last several years, we've taken up an offering, and it's a compassion offering. Every penny that comes in to that offering of compassion will go to help families and struggling people and families uh, throughout our communities over the coming year. Last year, because you gave so much, we were able to do so much more to impact the communities around us. And uh, I know because we have no services tomorrow, we want you to spend that time with your families. We have no services tomorrow. So some of you I know have brought your tithes or your offerings. So just put tithe on there if it's just a general offering. But uh, you can make checks to the rock. You can put compassion. We're going to receive that in just a minute. Before we do that, though, I'd like you to see this short video. And uh, And again, let me just say this. Please feel no obligation to give. You know, only if you want to give, give. 
But don't give if you don't want to give. So let's watch this. We lived in Hawaii for a long time. Um, we had a business there at about the five year mark. Her stepdad got really sick and um, they told us he had weeks to live, I think was what they were saying at that point. So we kind of sold everything in a rush, sold the business for half of what it was worth and just went over there to try and kind of help out with family and everything. We just, we went through a lot of money. We didn't quite know, you know, how long we were gonna stay and whatever, we ended up being there for nine months. And so at the end of that, um, we, we Colorado had kind of always been on our hearts. Finally this time, it felt like we had the green light to come. So we, we had left Hawaii. We were in California waiting for our van to ship. Um, and then we found out we had no place to stay, but we were half, you know, mid jump already. So we were like, okay, well, we're going for it. Um, so we came here and everything just kind of really fell apart. I don't know, we had car issues, we had, you know, we're just going through the money. She wasn't able to work since we didn't have a place. We ended up in long-term hotels that just ate through our money and we didn't have Wi-Fi, so she wasn't able to work. Um, we knew I was gonna have to look for something, but we thought we were gonna be able to count on her income coming in, so there was nothing. I, had, I knew one guy. <laughs> here in Colorado and he recommended the Rock Church. Um, I came to a men's group um, and yeah, we met a guy who let us stay in his house for a little bit, let us stay in his hotel, um, which was a little cheaper for a while um, and really worked with us. And the church helped us with food. They helped us with some of the hotel rent for a while. And it's, you know, we told you guys before, but it's humbling. I mean, we've been on the other end of it where we've given, you know, but it's, it's really humbling to be in that position. And there is a lot of, you know, people assume that you're on drugs or that you're, you know what I mean? Something, you, something. there's a lot of judgment usually. And um, that was a lot of the difference with, with The Rock and, you know, a lot of the people is that there was no judgment. They just helped, you know, not really any questions asked. Pastor Lindy was really great about that. Um, she found out our situation and Pastor Mike too, they, tried to get us as many resources as they possibly could. Like when uh, this, in a program they were working with, uh, the Douglas County, as soon as that opened up, Pastor Lindy had us uh, fill out an application and it was like the ending of last year that they had us apply for that program. And in, in late March, our application was reviewed and in April we were accepted into the program and moved into this place out of the motel. Yeah. And then when we moved <clears throat> into this place, Pastor Lindy was amazing. She just, she made sure we had everything and we didn't have to spend anything on anything that we had. Everything in this place was given to us and there were like, I don't know how many people just showed up. I mean, there were people with moving trucks, there were people, I mean, it was just, it was overwhelming. And Pastor Lindy was like over and over again, like, okay, what else is on the list? Do you have this, do you have that? She's walking through the bathrooms. Oh, do you need waste paper baskets? Do you need, you know, mm -hmm. toilet? I mean, they, there was just nothing left undone. I mean, food, it was really- Food, clothes for food, the kids, and everything. People were coming to the dorm, bringing bags of food. People were praying for us. I mean, it was just, it was a lot.
So the Freeborns are just one of over 150 families that we've been able to help this year. Your generous giving has resourced us to make a significant impact in the lives of those who need help. In addition to the families that we've assisted, we have also served over 10,000 free meals at our Dinner at the Rock, opened our facility to shelter homeless women and children through the Winter Shelter Network, and helped over 100 children unwrap joy this Christmas through the Giving Tree. This year as a church, we are able to distribute over $80,000 in aid, assistance, prepared meals, groceries, clothes, and shelter. And it isn't going unnoticed. Douglas County has been so impressed by what we're doing this year that they are expanding their partnership with us to do even more in 2017. We are seeing doors open to impact our community with the transforming power of Jesus Christ in ways we have never thought possible. The opportunities are here, but we can't do it without you. 100% of your gift to the Compassion Fund will go to help those who are hurting and support those who are struggling. Would you prayerfully consider how you can be used by God to impact our community in 2017?